Yes, people, welcome to another episode of the Play On podcast with your boy, Cal Sirius, and our special guest today, Ben, aka English. <laughs> it's the other way around today. How you doing, bro? Good to see you, man. Likewise, yes, man. Yes, this is, this is nice because this is like beer rap and banter, but play on, but you're the main guy now. Well, you're well, always well, the main I'm, guy. I'm, Sorry, I'm, I didn't I'm, mean to say it like I'm that. I'm the host with the most. You, you know what it is? It's your boys, David Dean and Arsene Wenger. Yay. You know, bringing you the play on podcast. Um, but we're going to try and keep it professional. We're not going to go off the rails like we usually do on beer <laughs> rap and banter. Off, off the rails like Arsene Wenger in his last few years. Well, you know, he's been uh, doing some interesting interviews recently and uh, I actually quite miss him. I did quite like watching Arsene Wenger's interviews. Um, and uh, I think I prefer Arsene Wenger's interviews to Unai Emery's. Sometimes I watch Unai Emery's interview and it just feels a bit painful. And I think, Good evening. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he always looks like... Unai Emery look, always looks like someone's farted around him or he's shat himself. He's always got that worried face and he's looked like... Anyway, back to the football. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the Champions League. Uh, this week, there were some interesting results in the Champions League. Um, I'm not sure how much of it you got to watch, but uh, Group A, yeah, uh, we had Club Bruges versus PSG. That was interesting. I did see, yeah, sorry, and the other game. Um, Galatasaray versus Real Madrid. Yeah, I saw the Galatasaray and Real Madrid game um, with some family members out in West London. And it was just interesting to see how Galatasaray were putting Real Madrid to the sword at the first 10, 20 minutes. And then Tony Cruz popped up. Galatasaray, always always a tricky team to play against in Turkey. The fans are very passionate. It's, a, it's an interesting stadium. And Real Madrid not looking like their former selves. It's looking a bit, not looking completely, you know, everyone's on song. I know they were, they're quite high up in the league at the minute. Um, so a bit of a smash and grab there from Real Madrid. Mm, um, Still will be there or thereabouts though in the quarterfinals, maybe the semi-finals. I did think Hazard played pretty well in that game against Galatasaray. Yeah. I, was, I was really wanting to see how Hazard was going to perform um, because you know him being a new signing at Real Madrid and at the start of the season it didn't really look like things were working out very well. But I thought he, he had a very good performance against. Yeah, Galatasaray. I think the verdict's still out for Hazard. Maybe in Spain, he's gone from being the man at Chelsea and being a lot more direct with picking up the ball and running at players. And now maybe it seems a bit of a different style of play in Spain. So we'll see. It'll mm. take a while to get him, you know, get him sorted. But Five goals talk. five goals for PSG. See, PSG is always a funny one because anything they do in the French League and in the early stages of the Champions League, you sort of got to take with a pinch of salt because they're so dominant and they've got world-class players. It's not until they play the top teams in the knockout stages that you see what they're made of. You know, they, they, they've not won it. They've not got to the final. They've bottled it on a few chances. So, you know, they could score 10 past the team and I still wouldn't be too impressed. Not convinced. <clears throat> so would you would you say PSG uh, have a chance of getting to the final and being there or thereabouts? Yeah, I think all, te- yeah, all, all these teams can on their day, but I think there's some certain stronger teams and what I mean stronger is maybe stronger mentally and teams who face weekly challenges in their league. A team that could be stronger is Bayern Munich in Group B. Yeah. Bayern Munich uh, played Olympiacos. They won that one 3-2 away. And also in that league, uh, sorry, in that uh, group was Tottenham versus, <laughs> I have no idea how to say this name, Kravina 
Zvezda. How was well that? pronounced, Kel. Very well pronounced. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I don't you. think we're going to get any of their fans uh, onto us about <laughs> pronunciation. Um, just going to Bayern Munich. See, Bayern Munich is a perfect example of a, a solid, strong team, mentally strong, that have been there, mm. done it. Mm. They would be a PSG. They're firing on all cylinders. We see what they did to Spurs um, in London a few weeks ago with Serge Gnabry popping up. Um, I think, you know, they're a dark horse. They're a dark horse out of all the top European teams. Um, a solid win away from home. And then Tottenham having to put having to put the nightmare, you know, behind them of losing to Brighton, losing to Bayern and this terrible form at the moment. A lot of questions with the Tottenham team and a solid win for them. That's their first win in, is it three? Yeah, they needed a big win. They needed a big win and against the whipping boys of the, of the group, arguably. Will they be able to do it? We'll talk about this later. Will they be able to do it at Anfield today, um, later on this afternoon? Mm. So it was, it was a good win for Tottenham to get them back on it, but... You kind of expected that against the opposition, like yeah. you say, whipping boys of the group there. Yeah, they, need, they needed a big, um, a big result to turn things around. Group C, we've got Shakhtar Donetsk versus Dinamo Zagreb. That was a 2-2 draw. And Manchester City 5, Atlanta 1. Atalanta. We're Atalanta. not talking about Atlanta in America. <laughs> Atalanta playing in the Champions League now. And, you know, what can you say with City? They're just, they're just dominant. They're just, just all over teams. And it was good to see... Phil Folden getting a run, the young, the young player we really speak highly of. The young god. Yeah, the young god. If you if you're familiar with beer rap and banter, the way we talk about Phil Folden, or me personally, I just we like Phil Folden. Oh, uh, for me, just phenomenal player. And even we can again talk about this later. Just he came on towards the end of the Man City Aston Villa game, and he just just like a ballerina, just the way he moves around. He's hungry. I'm not sure calling a man a ballerina is a compliment, but uh, he's very neat and tidy on the ball. Yeah. Uh, very good in possession, great dribbling yeah. skills. I think uh, those are the, the positives you're trying to put forward. Yeah, there. but Atalanta, they play good, expansive football, direct football. It's only going to end in one way if you're trying to go toe-to-toe with uh, it's difficult Manchester with, City. With the amount of quality that City have up front. Um, I came a bit unstuck, me personally, uh, with my FPL team because I had Aguero uh, to start. I captained him and in this Champions League game, he started, you know, they won 5-1 it's and he was rested in the Premier League game. Pep Roulette. I mean, you got to be a, a brave man to try and predict what Pep Guardiola is going to be doing in the mm. Fantasy Football League. And we can touch on that uh, with my choices. I went De Bruyne and Sterling. He can't go Worked wrong. Worked out all right, didn't he it? He did, it did, it did. Um, so, Group D, we've got Atletico Madrid versus Bayer Leverkusen. Atletico 1, Bayer Leverkusen 0. And Juventus 2, Locomotive 1. Yeah, I believe the Juventus game is where they went 1-0 down as well. And then Dybala popped up uh, with a couple late uh, couple late goals. Juventus doing what they always do, just getting the job done. You know, they've got to be one of the favourites for the Champions League. With Ronaldo bringing in Ramsey, who I think is injured at the minute, but just their their depth, their squad, and so their experience, and just doing what they need to do by winning by any means. They've got the winning mentality. Mm. And Atletico, you expect to see more one nil wins, tough defensively, dogged, yeah. always yeah. the underdogs. You know, not nothing new there. So uh, with Juventus, uh, how highly do you rate some of their attacking players like uh, Higuain? Jibala, as you mentioned, Ronaldo, yeah, well, it's uh, Costa. Interesting with Higuain and Dybala, two players who weren't 
wanted. They they weren't really wanted at Juventus and they've they've gone away and they've worked hard and they're proving that they deserve to be here. And Higuain especially, you know, he went to Chelsea, didn't necessarily cut it in the in the English league for whatever reason. Juventus couldn't really get rid of him and now he's back and he's popping up and he gets goals. And Dybala's world class. I know Spurs tried to get him. I was a bit upset when I heard that rumour, to be honest with you. He does seem like he's the kind of player that could come into a team like Spurs and take them to the next level. So I'm really glad that they didn't get him. Yeah, that's, yeah. We remember, we have to try and be impartial for the podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> You're a host, you have to be extra impartial. I can be biased today. Excuse me, um, I don't care if they get him or not. But I don't even think it's that. I think it's the way they can turn. So Ronaldo, you know what you're getting. I think they've they've got Sami Khedira playing, you know, really well in that position. Um, Ramsey obviously is going to be a great addition once he's fully fit and, and gets um, settled in. But Juventus are going to be taking part in every competition, the league, the, the, the Italian Cups, the, the Champions League. So you know what you're getting with them and, and their manager and their team. So nothing new there. Two more groups to quickly whiz through. Uh, we've got uh, Group G, RB Leipzig 2, Zenit St. Petersburg 1, Benfica 2, Leon 1, Group H, Ajax 0, Chelsea 1, and Lille 1, Valencia 1. Yeah, if you, I'll speak on the Ajax-Chelsea game. I saw the highlights for that. Um, now, Frank Lampard was saying that this is the blueprint that he wants his young team to go forward with and use this as inspiration for when they're playing away from home, playing the big games. They were playing Ajax, one of the biggest teams in Europe, semi-finalist. Um, the surprise package of last season. Yeah, Champions and albeit League. a newer team this season because they've lost a lot of their big players, uh, but they Chelsea still had to go to had to go to Amsterdam and pull something off. I know there was a uh, was it Quincy Promise as a player who mm. had a, a chance? I think there was a chance disallowed with him or one of the players, and Chelsea held their nerve. And then, but Schweier popping up right at the end, he missed an absolute sitter after coming on straight away. Um, he blazed the ball over from you know it would have been easy, it would have been harder to miss. Well, you know I can't believe how he missed it, but he made amends popping up with the goal. And Chelsea really going great guns. Another great away win this weekend with Burnley. So they've got to be happy with that win against Ajax, putting them in a really favourable position as they look to get out of the group with this with this young team. So really positive with that. Um, um, really encouraging to see the start that Chelsea have made. It's great to see all of the young players getting a chance and Frank Lampard, you know, really believing in them. Uh, I think Tomori's been a, a really good uh, standout solid, young player solid. for them. Every time I've seen him, he just seems to be dominant. And, you know, he seems to have a good footballing brain on him, really good at reading the play, making interceptions um, without having to sort of do the last ditch tackle and end up all on your back, grass all on your shorts. <laughs> he, look, he looks like he's going to be a good, solid player when he gets a lot of experience behind him. Definitely. His pace will definitely help him with his positional uh, sense as he's a young player still learning. Um, and the way he recovered on the weekend, last minute ditch tackle against Burnley. So he's going to be there or thereabouts and I'm glad he got the call up for England. Um, and he was in, I think he was, uh, it was in the newspaper this weekend saying about how, because he's got Nigerian family or so and that they didn't make an attempt to try and get him. So he's qualified to, in, uh, yeah. So that would have been an interesting one. Mm, so nice. Super Eagles, thank you. Because he's got one for the future. He could get better and better and better. He will uh, do. I think like, he will um, do. 
uh, Callum Hudson Odoi is looking like he, you know he's starting to get better. Yeah, and better the, with the more youth team there. Games. What Chelsea are doing now with the four or five young players, uh, Pulisic as well, who scored uh, on the weekend his hat trick and also played played well in Europe. So it's all coming together for Chelsea and Frank Lampard. So that takes us right into the Premier League results. Uh, Friday, we had Southampton versus Leicester City. Now, I really don't like the concept of the Friday night Premier League game because traditionally, I like the three o'clock Saturday kickoff. You know, all right, the early kickoff and then the late kickoff and then the Sunday, you know, Super Sunday. That's kind of, for me, what Premier League football is all about, Saturday and Sunday. Friday night, I'm still not really sold on not Friday night games. I like but a Friday night game. What, what what are your reasons for liking it? I think it sort of takes the edge off. It introduces the weekend nicely. It sort of sets it up a big game, um, whether it's your team or not. And anything could happen on a Friday night game. As we've seen Southampton at home to, um, Leicester. to Leicester. So and it just it just sets the weekend up and it gives you something to do and watch you know it's I, I don't mind it necessarily I can understand why people want to just focus on the Saturday games see I'm I'm not the biggest fan of a Sunday morning game a lunchtime game you know it's just I like a Friday night game it's just something something different something Help. new something new definitely something new but I, I appreciate that fans having to finish work and then travel halfway up up and down the country is difficult. But it just gives you something nice to do or watch if if you're not necessarily doing anything. So, and last Friday, well, that was really good to watch, wasn't it? This was like a fit game of FIFA 20. At what point did Southampton should have turned the computer off for the controller and just <laughs> rage? rage quit. What's it called? Rage quit. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it, huh? what an incredible score! I, I think Brendan Rodgers has really transformed Leicester. He's got them playing. He's got them playing well. They're playing some amazing football. Do you think the Sending off. First of all, do you think it was a sending off with uh, Ryan Bartram? Do you think that was a a fair red? VAR checked it. It looked really bad in slow motion. I, I personally don't think it was a red. Me personally, I wouldn't have given a red card for that. I thought it was a bit like soft. Really, it, it didn't seem like a leg breaker of a challenge. Nah, it wasn't. It wasn't. So. And he's not that type of player. And I know you know that's a that's a funny comment because in the heat in the moment anything could happen but he was he was he lost position of always falling back and he's and his foot went over and it's a yellow card it's a stern talking to but that changes the complex of the game all right Leicester could have probably gone on to win it Southampton not looking great at the minute but the way Leicester's been playing I think regardless of whether Bertrand got sent off or not they would have won that game yeah granted granted yeah Uh, it's just how big but 9-0 is absolutely ridiculous and then I think the speed in which they scored the second and third goal really put Southampton to bed and that was it. It was it was over before it had begun. But, you know. Mate, I, honestly, I think that Leicester team is f- frightening. They're so quick. They've got good technique. They've got really creative players that have got a bit of magic that can unlock a defence. Um, that Barnes and Chilwell connection on the left-hand yeah, side. Wow. Albrighton, Madison, Vardy. There's a real strong core English players as well as Tillemans who comes in with a bit of class. Schmeichel doesn't get the plaudits. You know, a real solid keeper. Mm. Um, Evans is there. And what's, that, what's happening at the end with the penalty? It's like 
eight nil down, ninety third, ninety fourth minute. Totally unnecessary. Those who had Vardy in their fantasy football team must have just been thanking the from uh, the fantasy gods because. Laughing all the way to the bank. They that's were. it. That's it. It's one for the Laughing future. All the way to banking those points. Oh mate, <laughs> it's like people were getting so many points before the weekend had even begun. Amazing nine nil, and I think that equaled the record for yeah. Man most, United Ipswich was the, the was most the last goals one. scored in yeah. a Premier League game. And what what now for what Ralph Hass, is it? Hassan Hootal? What what do you say to your players? Did did you see the video of? Uh, it wasn't the changing room, but it was this, this manager. I think he's Turkish or something. He's walking in, and he's slapping every player and they're saying, <laughs> this is what the Southampton dressing room looked like. That was hilarious. I didn't see that. There was one fan, one fan before we move on. He, he drove his son four hours, four hours in the traffic to get to his first Southampton game. And that was his first game. That's a long time, man. Four hours. To watch your team get dropped 9-0, but we move on, we move on. We, we certainly do. So, uh, after City's win in the Champions League, they went and got another win in the Premier League on Saturday. 3-0 at home to Aston Villa. Um, Brighton beat Everton 3-2. Watford 0 versus Bournemouth 0. West Ham 1, Sheffield United 1. And Burnley 2, Chelsea 4. Any standout games uh, on out of Saturday's fixtures for you? Yeah, I think uh, Brighton and their manager Potter deserves massive plaudits for the way he's gotten them playing. Brighton are looking like a real good team, very fluent. Uh, the players are bought into what he what he wants, and they've been unlucky over the past few weeks, not picking up full points. Um, and against Everton, a team that you never know what you're going to get with Everton. They look good on paper. Quite similar to Arsenal. I don't think their heart and heads are in it at the minute uh, with a manager. So I was really impressed with the way Brighton stuck with it and, and then got the last minute winner with the own goal. Uh, so that was a real good game. And then the way Chelsea just tore Burnley apart. It was crazy. You know, Burnley known for their defensive qualities. I've got two Burnley players in my fantasy team. Go on. Goalie and defender. And they're usually clean sheets or minimum goals. And the way that Pulisic was just rampant William the whole team so those those are really impressive wins away from home and then obviously the Brighton one at home to the Toffees getting mm. unstuck once again me personally really impressed with Leicester and Chelsea at the moment um, they might be both pushing for Champions League qualification coming at the end of the season the yeah. way that they're playing talking on VAR again though um, the keen foul on um the Brighton player was watching the ball, trod on his leg, the young Irish international, and they got the penalty because of it. And again, you know, VAR, is it VAR or NAR? Is it like, what's, what's happening with some of these penalty decisions? I'm not too convinced that that should have been a penalty. I don't know. VAR or NAR, I VAR, like that. Yeah. Um, me personally, I was really upset with what VAR did in the City game because I had David Silver in my uh, fantasy team. He got given the goal. Didn't it get accredited to De Bruyne? No, De Bruyne got the assist. Because I had De Bruyne as a captain. So you're checking it, aren't you? No, his, <laughs> his name's literally on the score sheet. Um, oh, I'm not sure about that. I think they did give it to uh, David Silva. Because I was I, I had an interest in that game because everyone was expecting a cricket score. The way Man City are trying to chase Liverpool. and mm, I had three City players on my fantasy team. Yeah, and... Um, 
I made De Bruyne captain. And what I noticed about De Bruyne is he, he starts attacks and he keeps the ball flowing and he'll always pop up around the box, just in the outside box. And you know, as soon as he gets the ball out of his feet and he rolls it forwards with his studs and he whips those crosses in, he's the best in the world for those type of deliveries. So I was watching closely for how he was going to get involved because I obviously made him my captain and needed points. And I feel... Uh, Jesus could have got a lot more. He didn't do himself justice instead of starting over Aguero. Um, but that ball he put in, the Bruyne put in where David Silva touched it or may not have touched it and still got out of the way. That is just untouchable, unplayable. Um, best. Incredible. Incredible. Um, and then, But all saying that though, Guardiola was saying, you know, if Man City play like this, they're going to, you know, they're playing like relegation team. He was He was harsh. They, they weren't looking too impressive at times at the back. And then Fernandinho getting sent off also now added to their problems. Well, they that was a harsh a, a defensive crisis at the moment. Yeah. And that is, you know, a midfielder that they're playing in defence. Getting sent off gives them even more problems at the back. But I feel they could play anyone at the back. They could play me and you at the back. And the way they're pressing and play, if they really wanted to switch it on, you know. It's possible. It's possible they could carry someone. But they're going to um, go. Maybe out. they've got a youth player that. They yeah, can play they, they should have some new English team. players. For some reason, he doesn't trust John uh, Stones. Um, Otamendi was benched. They're going to go out and buy someone if they don't bring someone through. It'd be nice to see them bringing through a, a young talent, an English player. But they possibly. Just... Um, but let's move on to the fixtures. So by the time you hear this, these will be results. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> at the time of recording, these are very much Premier League fixtures for Sunday. So we've got Newcastle versus Wolves. And we've got Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. Liverpool versus Tottenham. Norwich versus Manchester United. Um, how about probably the biggest game of the day, Liverpool versus Tottenham. Biggest game of the weekend. What are your thoughts on that, Ben? I feel Tottenham have a point to prove again. They're going to the toughest place to play in the league at the minute, Anfield. Um, but, you know, I feel they could get, they could, they've got a goal in them or two at Anfield. Um, again, is everyone playing to their best of ability? Not really. Are, are there other things on their minds? Yes. Now they've got the cameras in as well. Apparently Amazon are doing this documentary Man City style so what is it like with the players in and out of the changing room with the cameras in their faces is that adding to a distraction um, Liverpool really impressive win in the week and more importantly they've got Lalana playing Oxlade Chamberlain good to see him back from injury scoring two goals they've got everyone chipping in now for goals they're not just relying on the front three who you could argue are the best front three in Europe they've got everyone sort of chipping in and working hard. So I see I see a Liverpool win, but, you know, I don't think it'll be as easy as people would expect. I think Tottenham will, will try to turn up because they've still got a point to prove. Uh, a point to prove that they are still one of the best teams in the Premier League, still capable of challenging for the title. Yeah, and if they win, they're on 15 points with Arsenal, um, depending on what happens with the Arsenal-Palace game. And, you know, I think Spurs have got something in them. I don't want to make a prediction just yet, but, you know, I think a lot of people would see the Liverpool win. Honestly, me personally, I think Liverpool are in great form at the moment. Um, I was gutted last weekend 
that Mane had a goal ruled out due to VAR, obviously because him being in my fantasy team. You got everyone in your fantasy team. <laughs> you're top. You're top of leagues, and yeah, you? you're doing really well. Um, you're doing quite well as well. Oh, I think I'm playing um, catch up, humble. I think I think I'm trying to to kind of improve because there's other players that are sort of emerging as you know they're picking up a lot of points and I'm sort of changing my team a lot yeah. and losing points I think so. today's going to be a game where Mane does his does his work I know Salah came back in, in the week at Champions League and got a goal but this is the type of game where you see Mane sort of pop up Liverpool at home I do fancy Liverpool are always really strong at yeah, home I do yeah, fancy Liverpool yeah, at home yeah. against Spurs where uh, Harry Kane has been scoring of late he's been in decent form but overall it's probably not his best season so far and Tottenham just looked to be a bit out of sorts although they did get that huge win in the week I just feel like in the Premier League coming up against Liverpool I can't see Tottenham getting a win today I am going for three points for Liverpool in that game um, uh, how about young Pookie at Norwich see City I've still got him Brandon I've United. still got him at the Pookie party I'm the type of person that's hanging around at the party once he's finished seeing where the after party's at overstaying you're welcome nah <laughs> Hanging in the doorway, just talking to anyone that's there. <laughs> Billy, no mates. I've still got the Pookie Party invitation. I'm waiting for the after party at like egg at five in the morning. Okay. Sunglasses on. I've kept him this weekend just because, for one, I feel if he's a different uh, differential, everyone's got rid of him. They'll be up for it. They've been rested. They're getting a lot of players back. Man United had a, a, a not a great away win, just one shot or so. Had a penalty, Martial scored. There could be goals in this game. If New um, if Norwich are showing anything that they showed at the beginning of the season, I fancy this game to be a draw, maybe two all. We'll see. We'll see. We'll we see. We'll see. P I wonder if Rashford is going to be a hundred percent fit. That's it. That's it. Are they are they rushing some of the players back? I mean, United defensively bit more solid than Norwich, but Norwich at home they'll be up for it. It's a big game for Norwich. Man United, one of the biggest teams in the world coming to play. Uh, I don't know if Delia Smith is still there, but she'll be saying, let's be having you. Let's be having you. Cantwell and Pookie. I fancy at least the goal. There's got to be something in it. So I've kept Pookie in my team. Wendy is looking uh, pretty good. That's what well. I'm saying. And he's, he's an unsung hero. Um, and then just to go over to like the Newcastle Wolves game. Uh, I know Newcastle got one of the better defensive records sort of at home. They're a bit tighter now. Steve Bruce has sorted himself out, but I put Jimenez in as a shout. I fancy Jimenez. I had Jimenez in my team at the start of the season. Uh, he was a real hero for me last season. Yeah, he smashed it last Premier season. Um, he's scored one or two goals, but it does seem like he's actually hit a little purple patch right now. He scored again in Europa in the week. He's the penalty taker. He's there or thereabouts. When when Wolves are playing, he's got chances on him. So, um, you know, I fancy that one to maybe be, maybe be a draw or I don't, know if, I don't know if Newcastle are good enough to, to edge it. His Wolves are very solid. I think Wolves have started to come into their own. Um, Wolves are like a better Do Newcastle. Doherty is very good down the right for them as well. Yeah, so yeah. I expect Doherty to be getting in behind, whipping in crosses, maybe to get an assist for Jimenez. If not, pop up on the score sheet. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. And then we end up with our last game. Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. Zaha versus Pepe. Who do you think is a better player? Oh... It's too early to say in the... I based think, based I think on technically... What, based on what we've seen this season. 
Mm. So let's talk I'm about gonna be, can dribbling. I be... Who's better at beating players, Zaha or Pepe? I think Zaha's more direct. Finishing, who's better at scoring Pepe. Goals? I'd rather have Pepe on free kicks and corners. Oh, deadly. I'd rather have Pepe getting out of a tight situation. Mm. He can beat a man or two. Um, but I think Zaha's experience of going direct and winning penalties, whether it be through diving or getting contact... Um, Allegedly, you know, I think Zaha maybe got a bit more Premiership experience in that in that regard. But Pepe, once he's woken up, he still looks a bit sheepish. He's got that sheepish look. He reminds me of Errol Spence, the boxer. Really? He's, he looks sheepish and a bit like, oh, I just can't be bothered. And then bang, 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 he'll just turn up. His two two free kicks were, were amazing in the week. I do think a Premier keep, Premiership keeper would have saved at least one. So I'm not getting too excited. But... Um, I fancy Arsenal to win that, to redeem themselves after last season's uh, situation with, with Palace. Zaha's going to be able to prove a point. But yeah, I fancy Arsenal with the, with the win. 3-1, 2-1. Oh, that two is one. a solid, solid, solid performance. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But, uh, I like the sounds of that. I do think Arsenal have a lot of players coming back from injury that have been playing recently. So it's possible some of the defenders could come in to reinforce that leaky Arsenal defence, like Tierney, Holding, Bellerin. Um, and obviously the fullbacks coming in will improve Arsenal's yeah. uh, attacking creative options from the wing. And, you know, Pepe being informed, Pe you know, Pepe might get involved in an attack and he might end up on a score sheet or get an assist. I think it, diff different players, Arsenal are more offensive, so Pepe is obviously going to stand out for goals and assists. Saha, more of the go-to man, definitely carries the ball more for... Palace is an outlet. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens with Ozil. He's been totally fr frozen out. He's not wasn't on the bench last week. wasn't on the bench this uh, midweek. Didn't play. Um, there's videos of him and Ozil talking at training. Emery and, and Ozil talking didn't look too great. Emery doesn't want to talk about him at all. What's he done wrong? It's a very interesting talking point. Um, we're getting to the point where we're running out of time. Um, how do you feel? Do you want to keep going with one or two more points? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we we'll keep going because this is a special for you and I. So we we ain't recorded, but we'll just we'll just touch on Ozil quickly. I just think you know he needs to be playing or he needs to be on the the bench at least. Hmm. Emery's trying to flex his muscles, his player power, freezing out our most creative players. Not not great. Freezing out our highest paid player doesn't look good. So what do you think the reasons are behind that? Why would one of your most decorated players, uh, a player that some people would regard as world-class, a player that's played for Real Madrid, a player that's won the World Cup, your highest paid player, why would you freeze it's him gotta out? Be it's got to be personal. Someone said that he he said something to Emery once he got subbed off in Europa, basically not saying you're not a proper coach or uh, disrespecting him. I feel that Emery's had experience in the past with player power and not been able to manage it with PSG and Neymar and... He likes players who toe the line. I think that's why he's got Xhaka. He loves Xhaka and he's made Xhaka his captain and God knows why. You've got someone who's just so flat and doesn't really offer anything to Arsenal's defence or attack as your captain and your main man. Um, it's got to be something personal. I mean, Ozil does put a shift in. I know he doesn't look it, but if you, if you watch him or you go to a game, he, he does put a shift in. He's got an explosive pace which people don't really recognise. And like I said before, he does keep the ball flowing keeps it ticking over and he's experienced you know you don't become one of Germany's greatest players and World Cup winner and one of the all-time assists uh, assist leaders in, in, in Europe and doesn't offer something on the pitch with the younger players well, I saw so, a statistic the other day that said in his last 25 games 
He's got two goals and two assists. Could that not? Could it not be as simple as he used to be good, but he's not so good anymore? So, his but why form, is that? His nose dived, and is it not playing to his his strength? All right, he may be not fit into the pressing game uh, as as intense as uh, Sabias um, does, but he's he's got the quality. I used to be. You know, I used to be like, yeah, he can't play him. He can't, he can't handle certain games. Like the Sheffield United game, he would have got rushed and pressed and it looks like he gives up. But we've got to give him a chance. Emery, he needs something, man, because it's not looking too good at the minute. I've not been too impressed with the beginning of the season. We completely bottled it towards the end of the season. We needed to win one game to get into the Champions League. The, that champ was poor. the Champions League final second half, we completely capitulated. It's almost like he's trying to play sorry football, but he's not as good. He's trying to get out of the press. We can't play from the back. He's not playing Tierney and Bellerin, holding three players that would you'd walk into the team at the minute. To be fair, they have been injured and are making their comeback from injury. They've been playing in the Europa League granted, and the Cup. Granted, but I think we need, you know, yeah, I don't know. I think, I, I mean, Emery just needs to sort of sort himself out sooner rather than later. But the Ozil situation isn't helping. It definitely isn't. So, uh, from what I've seen so far, uh, the reports in the media is Emery's standpoint is on it is that the club has made a decision. It's part of a, an overall club strategy. So, kind of alluding to the fact that, you know, he's had conversations with the board and all of the senior stakeholders in the club are on the same page mm. as regards to Ozil's future at the club. Um, from Ozil's perspective, he's come out and said words to the effect of, you know, I've got a contract. I'm going to be here till 2021. You know, it doesn't matter if there's some tough times. doesn't mean you should just get up and go. You should just crack He's not on. going anywhere. You're getting paid that much. Um, but then I think I also saw in the Bleacher Report that there is some interest from the MLS and uh, David Beckham's team into Miami have expressed some kind of interest in signing Ozil. If Ozil did leave Arsenal... Would you think uh, he'd be interested in a move to the MLS? Mm, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is there right now. Yeah, but Zlatan was like, I mean, he could still do a job anywhere. He did a great job at Man United. You, you, you're going to the MLS for a pay, pay, you know, one last payday. Uh, you're not going to further your career. Um, you know, Rooney went there and, and, and shone and he was past it in the Premier League. I think Ozil, if he was to go... There'd probably be other reasons as to why he'd go there, maybe behind the scenes of football. But, you know, it's just a shame what's happened with him. He's getting on, isn't he? He's, uh, he's got to be, what, 32 years old now, Ozil? Getting on, but we'll see, we'll see. Is he not maybe ready to, you know, to go to a league with a bit of a slower place, maybe a bit of a lower level of quality? Probably, hopefully. Well, yeah, if we do, then we just got to clear him and clear the books, man. We did well getting rid of Iwobi. He's just not done anything at Everton. Mkhitaryan's is cracking on. He's cleared the deadwood. We'll, we'll wait and see, we'll wait and see. It's it's, it's a strange one with Ozil because he's almost part of the old guard with Wenger. And we've seen Ozil play beautifully and he, he can, you know, be the difference, but it just doesn't seem to be in the plan. So we wish him luck. We shall do. Um... So thinking back to when we were talking about the Champions League and one of the strongest teams, Bayern Munich, one of their strongest players, Lewandowski. Yes. Recently became, uh, was it fifth all-time Champions League scorer or sixth? It's an incredible feat. 
Um, he's been scoring a lot of goals recently in the Bundesliga. I think he's got 19 goals so far this season, 13 in the league. He's scored in every senior competition. So the German Cup, the Bundesliga, and in the Champions League. He's scored in every game that he's played in, every competitive match for, Bundes for the Bundesliga. Is he now the best number nine in world football? At the moment... Yes, you could say. I mean, his form is absolutely incredible. Well, let's put him up against Suarez, number nine. Let's put him up against Firmino. Let's put him up against Jesus. Aubameyang? See, Aubameyang, I deserve as a 10. Lacazette? Lacazette, Laca, Laca nine. Yeah, oh, he's definitely better than Lacazette. Definitely. I mean, Lacazette's good, but he's not... I don't think he's world-class yet. Like a blood clot, as a uh, troop says. Yeah. I think Lewandowski, yeah, Lewandowski at the minute. I'm just trying to think who else. Oh, um, Cavani. Aguero. Yeah, Cavani. I was going to say Sergio Aguero. Nine and a half. <laughs> I've heard that phrase. Uh, See, it's all gets mixed up nowadays. What number's Harry Kane? Harry Kane is a number nine, isn't he? He's so you got, right, you got, you got, but you again, got, he's like a nine and a half, doesn't he? Because he drops back into midfield and links up play. Lewandowski, Aguero, Kane. I think what Lewandowski, Lewandowski, Lewandowski. I'll keep saying it right. Let's let's talk about target men type of. Yeah, strikers, he's yeah. he's number one. Then. So he's got to be number Lewandowski, one. Lewandowski, Cavani, Kane, probably the the three highest quality. Maybe Mandzukic as well. Mm, Maybe, but not anymore. I think Lewandowski's been doing it for so long. Europe, uh, in Europe for his for his uh, for his nation in the league pops up with all type of goals and which is what he offers he's just another another body that the, the defenders have to keep an eye on and he's doing it in a great league so I would say so and you don't get to sort of his ranking I think sort of Messi, Ronaldo a few others in front of him he's yeah he's got to be goals, goals, goals goals, goals, um, goals a bit of gossip for you Ooh. sticking with the Bundesliga there's been some recent reports that Manchester United are interested in a couple of players from the Bundesliga. Man United are always interested in people. Thomas Müller and Kai Havertz. What are your thoughts on those players? Could they improve Manchester United? Yeah, they need strikers. They need goals. I was surprised they got rid of Lukaku. Uh, is Müller a bit too old? Is he past it? Uh, in his 30s, maybe he's got something still to offer. Um, you the know, other he, lad, the other lad, definitely. Who's the other lad? The other German Kai one? Kai Havertz, the young star. Yeah. Um, he's still very much on his way up, uh, making his name at the moment. And he's one of the players that were nominated for the Copa Trophy 2019. Mm, I like what you're doing here, that linking seamlessly nice on. little segue there. So uh, for those that don't know, the Copa Trophy 2019 is a competition, uh, an, an award. Let's call it an award. Yeah. Um, that is given to players under the age of 21. And it's actually voted for by Ballon d'Or winners. So someone has to be a top quality player to vote for who is going to be the next under 21 star. And with these nominees, Arsenal's own Matteo, Matteo Granduzzi is one of them. Um, there's a lot of other youngsters that I'm not actually too sure about. Um We've got Joe Felix, we've got Moise Keane now of Everton, we've got Matthias Licht, Kai Havertz, uh, Vinicius Jr., Andre Lunin, K. 
Kang in Lee, Samuel Chukwuzi and Jaden Sancho. Mm. So these are the nominees. And uh, I'm going to try and hide my bias uh, and not talk about who I want to win this. Well, this guy, I think Gwendouzi is going to be like a future f- France captain. Um, and what he's done for Arsenal, the way he carries the ball, the way he gets fouled, he wins a free kick beautifully and he's really improved um, as a player. Um, uh, junior, who plays for Real Madrid, talent, you can't go there. Delict, all-rounder, you know, I think it will go to Delict, what he's doing, he's performing at the highest stage for his country and now for Juventus and he's looking like he can handle the pressure playing for the biggest team in Italy, one of the biggest teams in the world. He's probably the only one in that list that played in the Champions League semi-final as well, isn't he? Uh, yeah, Jordan Sancho, amazing talent, just dancing on everyone. Moise Keane, mm, I don't think maybe he should be there. Or he maybe should be there, obviously, but um, I'm going to give it to Delict. I, I would agree with that. Thank you. He does seem like a real solid captain type of person. Yeah, uh, but we're waiting for he, we're waiting for um, the young god Phil Folden to uh, step up and, and get in there because, you know, it's one of these days. For sure. Makes um, you feel old though, doesn't it? These 21-year-olds who are just balling out of control. Especially <laughs> when we're playing football in the Veterans Leagues or the the Wednesday night games. Big up the Beckton lot. I've been playing football and... Uh, the only balling out of control you do is when you've got a poor touch. What do you mean, man? Your second touch is a tackle. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you bought your touch off eBay. <laughs> With coupons. I'm joking, um, I'm joking. <laughs> Shout out to the Beckton uh, footballers, as you mentioned there. Um, I was going to say, talking about uh, Gwen Doozy being nominated and the Arsenal connection there, we've got an ex-Arsenal player, Sol Campbell, um, who has lost his first game as a manager. In South End, is it? Mm. Mm. So, uh, any thoughts on uh, Sol Campbell yeah. being a football manager? Do you rate him? Do you think he's going to be successful at Southend? I hope he is successful. He did really well with, is it Macclesfield? We got them to stay up with no money. I don't think he was taking any any money or apparently not. Um, I hope he can. He just needs to roll up his sleeves and remember that where he's managing and what his expectations of the players that he's got and the finances around him as opposed to a manager that might be going straight into the championship. Uh, I hope he does well. I've always got a love for a lot of love for Sol Campbell. Obviously, his affiliation with Arsenal and what he's done for England, and also just on the on the fact of like more British black managers that we need. I think there's you know a real issue why there's not enough uh, black British managers or just black managers full stop in England, and, and and I think Sol Campbell hopefully can can push on and inspire others, and then we get more managers in. So I hope he does really well for for his team. I hope he does well for himself. And, you know, you've got to start somewhere. So, yeah, big up Sol Campbell. Because a, a lot of these players, they might, you know, they might expect to go into a higher, a bigger team. Not, you know, no disrespect to South End, but, you know, you've got to start somewhere and just build on his, build on his work and get his, his work experience. Yeah, I think a lot of managers end up starting in the lower leagues, don't they? Tony Adams did a similar thing coming from Arsenal. He, um, he had a shocker, though, didn't he? And well, not all, is, not all great players that... are good managers. Look at John Barnes. Look at Roy Keane. Rookie maybe probably be a better coach, but he'd end up upsetting and scaring all the players. Well, yeah, I mean, um, I think Frank Lampard was probably lucky enough that when he was managing in the lower leagues, he was able to pull some quality players on loan 
yeah. from uh, you know his club that he's uh, very much attached to. Yeah, he did to. really well with Derby and now he's proving that he's doing it at the highest end mm. with uh, so, uh, Chelsea. So Campbell can uh, wheel and deal and get a few of these high quality Arsenal Academy players on loan down at South at Southend to help him out down yeah. there too. But you know, with, with, with League One, League Two, Championship, you're no more than two or three games away from the playoffs or two or three games away from relegation. So and games come thick and fast in these leagues. You know, these leagues are so intense. Everyone's trying to get out. So we'll give Sol Campbell some time. These managers n- need a lot more time nowadays. You know, you can't just sack them before, before Christmas. Solskjaer, is he going to get a lot more time? He can have as long as he wants, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have as long as we want. We've already gone into overtime. Overtime, extra time. Uh, so we should probably wrap this up. Yeah. Um, but it's been lovely catching up with you again, bro. You too, man. And it's nice to nice to have you from behind the camera to hosting. When we're not doing Beer Up and Banner, play on. You're a great host. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so for anybody out there that wants to follow us, make sure you uh, hit us up on the social media podcast, Play On. That's the handle. Um, you can get us at podcastplayon at gmail.com if you want to email us. Um, my name has been Cal. I've been Ben. And we are out. Thank you. <laughs>